one mic. One mic. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, what's happening, Mike Checkers? This is Dwight. Another episode of Randomness, One Mic with Dwight. Coming to you uh, not at the same time, not at the same day, not for the same reasons. It's always random. And um, actually, for me, it's a purpose because I just do it. You know, like I said, for me and just putting some shit out. And today it's because sleep has been sleep. Sleep to me, that that to me is sacred. And in my bedroom, I have minimal stuff. Right. And I don't have a TV. I don't have digital stuff. I don't have electronics. And, you know, when I go to bed, I literally sleep the same way. It's almost like I'm floating. I have two pillows under my head. I sleep on my back. I have two pillows under my head. I have pillows under my arms. I have pillows under my legs, like five pillows. And, you know, I have uh, the, the, the eye mask and, you know, do-rag and... Sometimes I have earplugs. I don't I don't mess around when it comes to my sleep. Uh, I think it's very important. And it's kind of like <clears throat> for me, whenever I sleep well, you know, I eat well, I have energy, I exercise that wears me down. I have a good attitude and, you know, just it's a constant. They, they all feed into each other. For me, it's the pillars of sleeping well, eating well exercising well and that creates a balance for me you know besides of course the spiritual wellness and everything like that and I take my dreams seriously too I feel like my brain is in this this container of my head and it doesn't know the difference between what is what I consider oxygen breathing real and what imagination and uh tvs and screens and dreams are to me for my brain it's just one constant thing that's all associated like there is no off time for your heart your heart you know just reacts to each situation regardless if as a matter of fact just take for instance if you start to uh if you were ever in a uh in a in a, in a bad accident you know, and, and your brain starts going back to that trauma, you know, your heart rate goes up, uh, you know, your, your pupils dilate. Sometimes you get goosebumps and all this other stuff. And, you know, if you ever have a dream that wakes you up, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, you're, like I said, you're, there, there is no off for your brain and for your heart and for those functions. So they're always processing stuff. And, you know, a lot of people, they say they can't remember their dreams. And, you know, I can't remember all my dreams, but I make an effort to hold on to those because I know that they mean something to me now. And so uh, another example is, is like, 
whenever I first got sober and my, uh, I I was dreaming about drinking again, you know, and I was telling my counselor about this and I was saying how I would, I would drink. I was dreaming that I was drinking and, you know, uh, I wasn't afraid of the effects of the alcohol, but I was afraid of, you know, going back to jail and, you know, going, you know, they, they gave randoms. And so I was more afraid about my color being called into this random piss test. And so she was telling me how maybe I wasn't craving the alcohol, but my brain was working out the, you know, the, the effects of it. So I wouldn't have to drink in the physical. And for me, that made sense because I had to move forward. So the interpretation for for dreams, it's not like this means this. It's not like it's literally. It doesn't mean like when you dream about clocks that, you know, death is coming. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you dream about somebody at work that, you know, you want to get with them or that you hate them. Dreams for me are just a representation of the things that I'm going through and how I interpret it actually determines how I want to live. For example, even even my daughter at one time, she had a dream that uh, we were at a family reunion at this picnic and, you know, I was walking around and that I was dying and, you know, I was starting to fade away and, and nobody was tripping except for her. You know, she was like, oh my God. And she was just all emotional because my daughter views death you know, as a, as a loss, you know, like, like she doesn't think about the person she thinks about her and I'm not trying to, you know, speak for her by any means, but just the, the way that affects death affects her. She sees it as her loss. Like she's losing a friend or she's losing, you know, she was losing me. And so after I had a while to process this dream that she was telling me about, I called her and I told her, I was like, you know, maybe that was the death of the addict Dwight. Maybe that was the the death of the dad that, you know, that that was, I I was being reborn. And so you had to say goodbye to that dad and everybody else. They knew what I was doing. And about three months later, we go to a family reunion and she sees me acting in a way that she's never seen me act before, but I was around my family and you know, me, I was just going back to where I grew up. You know, I was reminiscing and I was having a great time and I hardly ever get to go to these. I was hardly able to be in these reunions because of work and other circumstances. So for me, it was a time of just this joy and everything. And, And, you know, I took a picture and, you know, I framed this picture. And so a couple of weeks thereafter, she came and she was like, you know, man, you know, when you were at that picnic, you know, it was like you just had all this energy and you just just like this. And, you know, you were just going on. I haven't seen you that way. And I told her and I was like, remember that dream that you had? You know, I was like, you know, that that I, I think that was it. You know, I mean, not not that, you know, like I said, I was trying to hijack her dream or anything like that. But what I was saying was, is that is the power of interpreting your dreams in order for you to 
figure out how you want to live. So it's just kind of like your brain is processing these things. And I think for me, if there's bad dreams, it's my brain getting it over with so I can live my life. And so I'm actually thankful for those those nightmares and everything. And when I have those wonderful dreams, um, it's my brain telling me, hey, you know, you're almost at that spot, you know, keep going. So it's motivation. So I take all my dreams as moving forward. I take all my dreams as, you know, sometimes warnings, but to keep going and just remember things. So with that said, these past couple of dreams that I've had, you know, they, they've really stuck out to me. And if you don't mind, I would like to share, you know, four of them with you. And the first one, you know, it was like I was having this dream that I was at my old duplex and this duplex that I lived in, it was it was a new duplex. And, you know, in, in reality and in the dream, you know, the, the duplex was it was real as as real could be. And I was getting ready for work and there was this festival in the background. I mean, it wasn't where it is now, but for some reason I was living in this duplex and it was in this festival. It was a, we were have, there, there was a festival going on, a carnival or whatever, and people were parading down the street and, you know, they were drinking and, you know, there was even people in my driveway and all this other stuff. And I had to get ready for work. So, you know, a, a co-worker came over and he's like, you know, yo, I can help you you know, get ready for work and everything. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I was in the kitchen doing dishes and I just hear all this ruckus going on. And I'm sitting here like, you know, what, what the fuck's going on? So I go around the corner and there he is, you know, punching holes in my floor, punching holes in my wall, ripping out the electrical shit, uh, pulling out the plumbing and everything. And I was like, yo, man, it's like, what you doing, man? And he was just like, yo, this is what I got to do to clean. And so I'm sitting there like, hey, uh, what the fuck you cleaning? You know, it's like, what's going on here? And, you know, he had just ripped off my door and people were coming in and everything. And I remember thinking, damn, I still got to get ready for work. And it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, my, my house was just ruined and everything. And so when I was getting ready to go to work, I was getting into this white Explorer. And so, see, um, I remember this thinking that, you know, this is my car. You know, because I was like, I got a white car and my dad has an Explorer, but why am I getting into this white Explorer? And so, you know, I realized that, you know, that was that was my car. So I had to get ready. I really don't know the significance of that dream, except that it just, you know, it just like I said, it showed that uh, that, you know, this this duplex that I lived in, you know, it was being destroyed or something. And so that's what I mean by as far as like, you know, taking these dreams literally, you know, um, I can look deeper into that. But after that, I had the second dream and the second dream was I was I was going to a friend's apartment and he lived at this single residence. It was like everybody there was single. It was a single community. And so there was a lot of casual shit going on and everything. And we were we were at the pool. And this woman, she comes out of the pool. And, you know, she's, she's banging. And I was just kind of like, yo, I'm going to shoot my shot. And, you know, he's like, all right, bet. So I go over there, you know, and, you know, 
instantly, you know, we, we start going at it and everything. And, you know, everything's going good. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it's going. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, it's time to pull my dick out. And so then, you know, I put it in her hand and she looks and she goes, is that it? And I was sitting there just like, you know, at first I was just kind of like, you know, what kind of caliber motherfucker is she fucking with? You know what I mean? If, if, if she talking about if this is it, I mean, you know, I understand like, you know, I'm not King Dingling, you know, and I'm not, you know, whatever, but it's just kind of like, you know, she was putting me down there at the lower percentage rate, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, then it started, like all this stuff is going through my head, like, how many times have I not satisfied a woman and she just went ahead and, you know, went along with it, you know? And so this is all that's going through through my head and my dream, you know? I'm not even mad at her, you know? I'm just kind of like sitting here looking at the situation. And so, you know, the next thing I say is I was just like, well, I guess it's not for everybody, you know? Because I'm just kind of like, you know, fuck it, what can I do? I even look down at my dick and I'm like, you know, is the underwear pull it, you know, holding it back or something? It's like, what? What, what, what's going on here, you know what I mean, and I was just, you know, I mean, I was, I was straining, you know what I mean, it was like, I was hard as I could be, and it was just kind of like, and so, you know, after that, I don't know if she gave me, like, some pity sex, or she was just like, man, fuck it, we're already halfway, or what the deal is, but, you know, we went ahead, and we kept, we kept going, and, you know, she was just, like, mad, wet, and shit, and, it was time to go and I was like we were in this lounge and I was like well we're not having sex in 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 that chair and I remember this chair being so fucking disgusting because like I said this was a singles thing and you know there was plenty of people in there fucking already and so I was like you know shit I know I got a place so we end up going out to my car and this time you know like I said in the earlier dream I had a white car my dad has a black explode black explorer and i was driving this white explorer but now it's my dad's car it's the black explorer and i just i'm sitting here and i'm like i know i got a whip you know what i mean i know i do and it's like why am i getting into this truck and so i end up getting into this truck and so we started driving and in this dream i knew that we, where I lived, but we weren't going there. We weren't going to my house. I was like, I know I got a whip. I know I got a crib. What is going on? We were driving back to my dad's house at this point. And so now I'm sitting here just like, okay, you know, what, what's going on? I, I don't understand this. And so after processing this and talking about it, you know, several times, what I realized is, is that when I came back from Houston, I still had issues to deal with. I, I thought Houston was going to be my rock bottom, but when I came back, you know, I still had one more shot, you know, to fuck up. And at this point, I was driving my dad's Explorer because I had wrecked my car. I lived with my dad, and sometimes I lived with my mom. And so... um what this represented to me was if I go back to my old ways, I'll end up in my old place, you know, and, and that means the women that means so, so it was just kind of like when I was having that dream, 
about me in the duplex. The duplex is where I lived as soon as I moved out of my dad's house. And so, you know, I was still dealing with issues, but I was, I was sober, you know? And so, no way. No, I think, no, I was still, no, I was still drinking then. I was still drinking then. So, so yeah, I still had a lot of issues to deal with and everything. And so, um, so, so, you know, it was still the, yeah, it was still everything. I think I, I think that's where I got sober. So, yeah. So anyways, um, so it was just like really recognizing how if I, and, and I, you know, I'm not going back to drinking it, 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 for, for me, it was the sex. The sex was, was the controlling substance that, that had my life, you know, going downhill, you know, overall and everything. And so what I come to realize was, you know, when I put my dick in that woman's hand, that's what it was. I was, I was, I was the, the dick represented the shortcomings in my relationships, you know, it was like, that's all I gave them. And so when she said, that's it, you know, it's like, you give me this dick, but you ain't giving me your heart. You ain't giving me your emotions. You ain't giving me your vulnerability. You're not giving me your intimacy. You're not giving me your love. You're not giving me your respect. So that's what makes my dick so small. That's what hurt me. You know, when I've been hurting all these women. So so when it comes to casual sex, and I've said this before during my celibacy, is that, you know, that's not an option for me anymore. And now I see why. That's what I'm taking from this dreams. And so when, when you know, I started losing my car and I started losing my home, it was because of these past behaviors. Now... I might kind of be thinking that, you know, hey, yo, I was a workaholic, you know, I, I was I was doing so much with with and I was just spinning my wheels, not going anywhere. I wasn't pr a productive member of society. I was hiding behind women, alcohols in my job. And so now I realize that, you know, when I'm part of the community, it's not about the money. It's about it's about me being, you know, involved. So it's like if I would have been out there in that festival, in that carnival, you know, I wouldn't have been worried about why, why would I sit here and be worried about my house and I'm sitting here cleaning and I'm getting ready to go to work when I could be out there with the people. So that's, uh, like I said, that's the process that I took from my dreams. Those are the two dreams. Uh, the third dream that I had, um, it was like I was... I was buying a brick of weed with my cousin and not even the cousin that I would normally buy bricks with, but a cousin that I haven't hung out with in decades, probably since, oh man, well over 25 years. And so we were in, I, I want to say an explorer. Now that I think about it. We might have been in another Explorer and we were buying a brick of weed from Benny the Butcher, you know, the rapper. And, you know, it was just kind of weird because this dream is kind of phasey because I didn't really, you know, stick with this one because uh, I, don't, I don't know. I had these other dreams to process, too. And so it's really phasey. 
uh, fuzzy, but I remember uh, not being scared that we were buying weed. You know, I mean, even though it was a illegal and a criminal activity, you know, and it was just kind of funny because when he left, you know, he did like his signature, you know, thing that he does. And so that's how I knew it was Benny the Butcher, which was hilarious. And then the weed, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I had trouble with the weed or something like that. I can't remember, but it was it was just kind of crazy that, you know, I had that dream. Not only that, but I'm a grown ass man. And it's like me selling weed is just kind of. It's kind of weird to think that way. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know what that really meant. Now, the fourth dream was the the last dream. And I mean, these, these are not all these dreams in one night. You know, this has been, you know, I mean, fuck, man. I ain't talked to you guys in, in what, a month or so? Something like that? I don't know. So, you know, these are dreams that I've had, you know, within the past three weeks or whatever. So, like I said, I don't remember all my dreams. And a lot of my dreams, you know, are for me to just process and get through the day. But these are the dreams that stood out to me. And this last dream, I remember once again, it had an illegal background. There was a lot of looting going on at this mall, right? And I remember all these people passing by. And, you know, I was just, I remember searching through this mall and all I wanted was a pair of J's and a Rolex. And I mean, that was just kind of like, that was my opportunity. And I was like, I was going to get it. I was like, you know, there was all this other stuff that was tempting, but I was like, nope, I got everything that I need. These two things are what I want. This is what I want. It's for me. And so, you know, all this looting was going on and everything like that. I was seeing some Timberlands. I was seeing all this and that. And I and so I ended up getting a Rolex and it wasn't the Rolex that I wanted, but it was a Rolex. That's the thing. I was just kind of like, OK, you know, is, is this something that, you know, I want to just grab, you know? And so it was like I knew the atmosphere. I knew the opportunity. So I, I couldn't be picky. You know, I was already being picky just going to get the Rolex and the Jordans. But to be picky and specific, you know, about, you know, what they look like, I, I, I just felt like that was too much. And so during my looting, uh, I come across a lady in my life and I knew it was her. And the way that she came at me was it was aggressive yet vulnerable. She was knowledgeable yet naive. She was this balance that I just I knew she was the one. And and so, you know, this time it's really crazy because, you know, we kissed and when we kissed, it was like her tongue just filled my mouth. And, you know, you guys might be like, oh, man, that's gross. I hate big tongues and blah, blah, blah. Once again, I don't take my dreams literally. I take it like because it was uncomfortable. But for me, I am a I, I see freedom as a priority over love. And so love is feeling, you know, it, it fills you up. It fills me up. And so, so that was me. I felt like experiencing, that's how I knew she was the one because, because when she kissed me, I felt fulfilled. And so, you know, it was, it was, you know, it took some getting used to and everything like that. And I wanted to tell her, you know, but I didn't want her to be uncomfortable about how she kissed because everything was right. It was just me having to get used to that. And so... 
yeah, I forgot what she looted or, or what was going on in her world, but she was out there too. So, you know, that was the thing. Like I said, you know, it was like these, these illegal things were going on, but I wasn't scared about being caught. I wasn't scared about getting caught up in the trap or anything like that. It was just, you know, things that were happening. And so those were the significance of my dreams. Bus coming through right now. That's crazy. Why is the bus here? That's crazy. So anyways, you probably can't even hear the bus. I don't know. So speaking of dreams, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, manifestations being not being real. You know, you really can't manifest stuff and and how um, a lot of people are talking about affirmations. You know, they just they just give you these false sense of securities and and, you know, you end up lying to yourself about things. And so I just wanted to give my perspective on manifesting things because I talk to my daughter about manifesting all the time. As a matter of fact, the whip that I have right now, I felt like I manifested because I said, I literally said uh, I was either going to sell that car or I was going to buy it. And it was for, for me at that time, it didn't even seem possible. You know, it just, it just felt like a calling. So for me, when I manifest stuff, it comes naturally. I don't know where it comes from, but it comes naturally. So here I am, you know, almost 50. And so I'm not going to say that I'm going to be the starting point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers next year. I don't say shit like that. However, I feel like if I did, it would find some way to work itself in. And it would almost be not literally, but synonymous to what I do manifest, whether it's I mean, I, I don't know, you know, whether it's I'm doing some kind of charity league thing and the basketball team just happens to be the Lakers or, you know, whatever. But that's how things happen in my life. So I do because because I always put action behind my words. And whereas, you know, that's the difference between manifesting and wishing. I don't I don't wish like like like, you know, I wish I had. Uh, Mariah Carey or I wish that I had a million dollars what I do is I will say you know I'm a millionaire and you know then once I start saying that on an everyday basis I start thinking about what millionaires do I know they have multiple sources of income. I know they didn't become a millionaire working a nine to five. And so then I started learning about the money. I started learning how millionaires talk. I started following millionaires when I was on social media. I started looking up billionaires on YouTube because I was like, if I shoot for a Billy, then a million is going to come forth. And so then... I don't look at my progress as compared to other people, as compared to them. I look at, well, you know, I just made more money this year than I did last year. So having that mentality actually got me to save my money. It got me aware of where I'm putting my money. It's a blueprint of, you know, if I sit here and I do what they do with their money, you know, because here's the thing. If I can't do what they do with a thousand dollars, how am I going to do it with a hundred thousand dollars? How am I going to do it with a million dollars? So I start off and then that's the thing that actually encouraged me to do it because it's just kind of like if I start off with a hundred dollars and I lose it, it's not going to be as detrimental to me and impactful in my life if I do it with 
$1,000 or $100,000. So then when I do it with $100 and that, that you know, $100 turns into 1000 then I know it's going to work. I know what I'm doing is right. And so that's how I compare myself and that's how I use manifestation and that's how I use affirmations and everything. Uh, when I wanted to get in more shape, I didn't sit here and say, you know, hey, I got big muscles and blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm an Olympian. I'm an Olympian. And I did that every day and I ended up in better shape because uh, I was like, you know, what do it, uh, Olympians eat? And I started, what kind of Olympian do I want to be? And then I just started looking at the optimization of what I do with my muscles and the best time to work out, uh, when to rest and just all this other stuff. And then when I sat here and I said I wanted to be a more spiritual person, I started following these people uh, like Sad Guru and, you know, uh, started reading the autobiography of Gandhi. And I just started going through all these things. And I even started to learn that these guys had faults and that great people are not perfect people. And so I realized that when I was talking to other people about this, they were more focused on picking the things apart. They were more focused on creating the doubts and, and, and dispelling the things and saying that it's a myth and everything like that. Yet they didn't have any answers to a better life. And that is what a lot of these people went through too. So I knew it was right. And that's what taught me to keep my mouth shut. So when I manifest things and I do affirmations, I don't share it with people. I don't share it. As a matter of fact, one of my best times was during the pandemic and we had to shut down. And that way I was by myself because I didn't have any doubters. I didn't, I didn't doubt myself. I, it was for me, it was an opportunity to try all these different things without other people's interjections and their, their, their advice and their ideas and their distractions. So that's when I started the podcast. If I would have sat here, you know how many people told me that I should do a podcast before, you know, I ever did one and, you know, I just didn't know how. So when I sat there and, you know, that's why it's good to be bored. It's good to be hungry. It's good to be lonely. All those things are good because that's when the creativity comes out. And if you satisfy it with a video game or drugs or sex or social media, you actually shorten yourself the, the reward of creating something new, creating something purposeful. Because what works for you may work for others. That's how all this stuff developed. That's why there's millionaires in a recession because they find ways to, to still attract wealth during these hard times. So that's why, that's why I think manifestation is real. That's why I back it up because the way that I do it is when I sit here and I fantasize about, when I sit here and I tell God that I want a mansion, I don't look for the house. I don't look for the big building. I started looking for bricks and I get a brick. Maybe that was the Billy the Butcher thing. Hell, I don't know. But all I'm saying is, is that, you know, and then I start building this mansion and I realized that I don't know how to, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about construction. And then somebody comes in my life and they're talking all crazy too. And they, they, you know, it's not like we're attracted. Matter of fact, it might be somebody that's annoying to me. Because it's somebody I haven't met before because I haven't built a mansion before. But then once I shut up and I listen and I get to know this person, they have things to contribute in the way that, that they can. And they, they speak it 
you know, in the way that they only know how. So they're not speaking my language. You know, they're speaking the language of a constructor, of a construction worker. And so, so then that's when I have to learn that language. Because how am I going to sit here and ask for a mansion if I don't even know how to take care of one? If I don't even know what it takes to build one? If I don't know the maintenance of one and everything like that? So that's all I started doing in order to get to know this person. And then once I realized that I've had a mansion all along and I started seeing my blessings, that's when I see the house. That's when I got the car. That's when I made the moves. Because that's the other thing, too, about manifestation. Number one, it should be something natural to you. Number two, how are you going to sit here and get a gift from God if you don't appreciate the gifts that you already got? I sit here, you know, and listen to some, 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 and I'm just, I'm just pulling out some shit out my ass. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just an example. But, you know, when women sit here and they talk about how they want a good man and everything like that, if you don't know what how to take care of this man, you know, this good man, do you know why he's good? You know, is it because of his looks? Well, you can't be mad at him always going to the gym. You can't be mad at him always using your hair products. You like, do you, do you want this man because he has a purpose? Well, he's out there fulfilling his purpose. You can't sit here and be mad, like telling him why he always home, you know, and everything like that. So it's just kind of like, you know, you want a, you want a man that's sensitive to you and, and, and notices you and compliments you and everything like that. Well, this man sees the beauty in everything because that's what's within him. So you can't sit here and talk to him like he's a bitch. So it's just kind of like, what are you bringing to the table? What house are you bringing in order to house this man that you desire? I'm doing the same thing for a woman. I'm like, what kind of man do I have to be? What kind of emotional IQ do I have to have? I'm learning about relationships now so that when the lady comes into my life, I'm going to have at least some type of housing in order to communicate with her, in order to have a purpose, in order to build this relationship that we're going to be in. So that's how I manifest stuff. I fantasize about the process. I don't fantasize about the results. I don't fantasize about the lady in my life and we're skipping through the park and we're having picnics and all this other shit. And we're this dynamic power couple that's well-dressed and on the cover of Essence and Ebony and, and Vogue and, and all this other shit. I'm fantasizing about me putting in the work and being happy and everything that she needs. And so when I have a dream, like, like when we're at the mall and we meet up and we're both doing our own thing and we come together, that's how I know it's right because that's everything that I built up for it to be. That's going to be the attraction more than the physical. And so that's how I manifest stuff. That's how my dreams become reality. And I know that may be a lot to take, take in. But what it comes down to is me having an anchor, me having a purpose and connecting the dots on everything that leads back to that. Everything that that. So so that's why I don't believe in coincidences. And it's not that I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. But I have to have a purpose in order for it to have meaning in order for me to have a goal. And so for me. The more I can connect the dots to that purpose, the more meaning it has to me. And it's not like I have to have one 
purpose. And it's not like my purpose doesn't change. Matter of fact, all my purposes lead to a greater one. The more I grow and evolve as a person. And so that's how it all makes sense. Because I know where I'm supposed to be. I know when I'm doing the right thing. When all my experiences come together. And I'm like, this is where it all makes sense. You know, this is where, you know, all that stuff that I went through is paying off. This is this is this is what it's all about. Everything that I built up came from this moment. So it's just kind of like, you know, me going through my celibacy, me going through my sex addiction, me going through my celibacy and me, you know, evolving as this person. It's not like this girl just this woman just stumbles along. I'm attracting her. I know she's coming. I'm going to her. And I'm starting to see all these signs. It's kind of like when, you know, I bought my Kia and then all of a sudden I see Kias everywhere, you know? So it's like I bought in to this manifestation. And so now I'm seeing Kias everywhere. I'm seeing manifestations everywhere. I'm seeing everything that's leading to this point. So I know I got the right thing. And so whenever I start talking to these certain people and, and the things that I say to them, I'm not talking to everybody about everything, you know, and when someone talks to me and it's not, it's not, it has no meaning and it has no purpose. That's how I respond. I respond with the same amount of energy as they give to me. I don't care if you're saying a lot of shit. If it's not saying anything to me, you might as well be speaking a different language. That I don't understand because that's literally what you're doing. If you don't speak in, in deep thoughts and manifestations, I'm not sitting there saying that I can't have a conversation with you, but it's not going to be the same kind of conversation that I have with somebody that's on that type of level. And so that's the thing. Going back to, you know, my dick, it ain't for everyone. And so to, to, for someone that doesn't like it, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I just don't think that it's for them. But I know now that because of what I was offering, it's not enough. And so I have to be careful with who I'm, what I'm giving to, to, to certain people. You know, I can't give all my vulnerability, all my intimacy and all my love. That's why I'm saying I can't have casual sex anymore. There's, there's just no way. And so even though I'm attracted to so many different women, it's in a different way now. And it's, and it's not this lustful um, objectification. And so that's why my brain was just, you know, at that time, I think kind of reminded me that, hey, Dwight, when you move, because that's another thing, I'm manifestation. I'm moving to South Carolina. And when, it's, when I talk to people and they're like, why, why South Carolina? And, you know, it's just I seen it and it's calling me. And so a lot of times I feel like I might, you know, just pick a place just so I know that it's wrong, you know, because not saying anything is accepting where I'm at. You know, if I don't if I don't pick a place, I'm going to stay in Springfield. So uh let's see here and i'm counting down now in 10 days you know i got a vacation coming up and i'm going to south carolina and that's where the lady in my life is and 
I don't know if she lives there. I don't know all the details. That's the thing. It's like I am just preparing myself to accept it. It's just kind of like if somebody pulled up in a Lamborghini and threw me the keys and they said, here you go. Well, I don't know how to drive stick. So that's going to be a nightmare to me. Whereas the next person is going to sit there and be like, man, why didn't that ever happen to me? And blah, blah, blah. And so, so it's like, I'm learning how to drive a stick. I'm learning how to speak different languages. I'm learning all this stuff. So whenever somebody throws me the keys, I already know what I'm doing. I've already got it. I've studied. I got the owner's manual. That's how you manifest shit. You know, you don't manifest shit by wishing and, and hoping and, and dreaming. You got to visualize, you got to imagine it, and you got to put in the action. And that's what makes it so fulfilling because you know what you're doing and you know what you did was right. It's just like little kids, you know, in Florida with football. You know, everybody thinks that, well, that's just a, uh, 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 a society thing. And it's just like that is manifestation at its essence because there's plenty of other kids in Florida, too, that are... It's the same blueprint and they're achieving the same results in different areas. So anyways, I just want to share this with you guys. I don't know how to end this because I hate to let you go. I feel like we've gotten so far now and I feel like we've grown together and I just, you know, maybe one day I'll get back on social media. I don't have time for it now. I don't I don't have time. I do a lot of YouTube and that's about it. I do need to do a YouTube on uh, my podcast. I think that'd be dope. But not for now. Uh, hardly even doing a podcast now. So we'll see what happens. So anyways, uh, I just want to give a shout out to my daughter, Daylin. I love you. I want to give a shout out to my neighbor, uh, Big L and uh, Mini Minks. Oh, man, Pork. Sorry, man, Pork. I know your name, name, but I forgot your uh, I forgot your ID on. Uh, so, anyways, check out the Cool Out Corner. Uh, those guys are doing big things, and I'm very proud of them. And I'll talk to you later. Peace.